This is Rising Shining. I'm Kelsey. In each episode, I share honest reflections and encouragement that I hope will be a bright spot of your day. You can always find all of my writing at risingshining.com. This is episode 80, Miscellaneous Budget and Spending Deep Dive. In a recent post about our current monthly budget, I shared that our miscellaneous spending category is one of the hardest to tame, and many people chimed in that they feel similarly. So I wanted to do a miscellaneous budget and spending deep dive post to share how we manage this category, what's working well for us, and where we're trying to improve. Also, if you missed my current finances overview post from February, that would be a great place to start. Miscellaneous Overview This category encompasses nearly all of our household spending that isn't groceries or a fixed cost bill, like our mortgage and car payment. I'll get into our specific subcategories and spending in a minute, but to give you an overview, currently miscellaneous includes clothing, any purchases from Amazon and Target, gifts, family fun activities, and kids' activities. This category of spending has the most transactions each month, consistently wins the award of most likely to be over budget, and often feels unwieldy while also leaving us not knowing where we can significantly cut back. Calling this category miscellaneous is purely semantics and is mostly inspired by the budgeting tool Mint that we use. In the past, we've called this catch-all category household supplies. In theory, there should be room for discretion in our miscellaneous spending, and there is some. Most of what we buy in this category is want to have and not need to have. So if we've bought new seasonal clothes for the kids, for example, we should slow down any spending for other unnecessary things, like going out to eat as a family. However, things seem to rarely work out that way. Miscellaneous subcategories. I found a couple of helpful strategies for tracking miscellaneous spending in Mint. The first is to create custom subcategories. By default, the miscellaneous category in Mint doesn't have any subcategories, so it's ready for customization. I also discovered that you can choose to give a subcategory its own budget, or you can just let the subcategory roll up to the main category. I think this will make a bit more sense in a minute, and especially if you're a Mint user. But first, here are the miscellaneous subcategories we currently have. Allowance for both Chris and myself, and these are separate subcategories. We budget $150 a month of discretionary spending for each of us. This would be any eating out or going out with friends that we do on our own, as well as any other non-clothing purchases. Family fun. This is anything we do together as a family or even one parent with one or more kids. This could be going out to eat, going to a trampoline park, going to the movies, or renting a movie on a streaming service, etc. Gifts. Haircuts. Health and medical. Any pharmacy purchases or copays. After collecting this spending data this year, I might pull this out into a separate category, and we also need to be better about using our HSA or health savings account debit cards for these purchases. Home updates. Any purchases related to improving our home, including materials for home woodworking projects that Chris does, new sheets for the bed, etc., new furniture, or materials for a small repair. Household consumables. Personal care items, cleaning supplies, etc., It can be hard to accurately capture this category because these items are often part of a bigger grocery purchase, but if I can easily separate out what we spent, then I will do so so we have the data. 
Kelsey and Chris clothes and shoes. Kid clothes and shoes. I assess all the kids' clothes and make needed purchases twice each year, ahead of the fall, winter, and before the spring, summer. Our weather is so mild that we only need hot weather clothes and cool weather clothes. Shoes we buy as needed, which often seems to be more often than I expect. I've tried to shop in person and online thrift stores to save money here, but have come to the conclusion that I really dislike the time it takes to do so, and am often disappointed with the selection, even using online thrifting. So for now, I stick to buying new clothes for the kids, mostly from Primary, Target, and Old Navy. Kids activities. Field trip fees, school pictures, payment for any extracurricular activities like soccer and swimming lessons. School lunch. Reloading the boys' school lunch cards so they can buy two meals at school each week. Yard and maintenance. Any materials or supplies for the outdoors, plus any home service, like landscape service, which we get occasionally, or a plumber or other professional. This category does not include house cleaning, which we get once per month and has its own separate budget. Miscellaneous monthly budget. Recently, after reviewing a few months of data, we increased our miscellaneous monthly budget to $1,500, up from $1,160. Like I mentioned, you can choose to assign a budget or monthly dollar amount to a subcategory or not. If no budget is assigned, then spending in that subcategory will just roll up to the main category, in this case, miscellaneous. For example, we have budgets of $150 a month each assigned to my allowance and Chris's allowance. I also assigned a budget of $60 a month to the school lunch category because I estimated that's how much we'd be spending. All other subcategories just roll up to miscellaneous. So the monthly budget of $1,500 includes $300 for Chris's and my allowance spending, $60 for the boys' school lunch cards, and then $1,125 for everything else. A few things that are working well. Categorizing all expenses. This goes for all transactions in Mint, but I have been especially diligent with miscellaneous spending in subcategories. I'm determined to carefully categorize all our spending this year so that we have a full year of great data. After we look back on our spending, we might see where we can rein in spending, plus we might decide to create some additional subcategory budgets and or we might pull some miscellaneous subcategories out into their own categories. Adding details to Amazon, Target, and Venmo transactions. This is a big one. In past years, I tried to capture details in the notes section of a Mint transaction about what the heck all those Target purchases were. The problem is that this information is not visible at a glance. My solution, put the info right in the transaction description or name. The format I use is Amazon colon, then the details of the purchase, or Target colon details of the purchase, and the same for Venmo. Then the transaction name will say Amazon colon birthday gift for mom or Target colon clothes for Maeve. Staying on top of this takes some diligence, but I'm so glad I'll have this great info at the end of the year. Splitting transactions. If a Target or Amazon purchase includes spending across miscellaneous subcategories or even across miscellaneous in a separate category, then I split the transaction in Mint and put the details in the description as described above. Keeping all travel-related expenses out of miscellaneous. A tricky scenario is spending when we're traveling. Should meals out while we're traveling be in the subcategory family fun, like they would be if we're home? But then again, when we travel, we eat out way more than when we're at home, so it feels different. 
Plus, if we buy plane tickets one month, that could eat up the majority of our miscellaneous spending for the month, or even all of it. For now, what we're doing is categorizing all travel-related spending, from airplane tickets to anything we purchase during a trip, as travel, which is a default mint category that we also maintain. After collecting data this year, we'll decide how to better manage and track that category next year. Miscellaneous Challenges Above, I wrote that it seems like we should have more discretion in miscellaneous spending, which would help us better stick to the budget. For example, if one month we register both boys for a season of soccer, subcategory kids' activities, that would be about $300, or a fifth of the general miscellaneous budget. In theory, we should then hold off on non-necessary miscellaneous spending that month to balance out the budget. And sometimes we do this, like Chris or I holding off on buying new running shoes if it's already been a spendy month. But often it feels like the other spending isn't a choice, like a plumbing repair that comes up in the same month we buy back-to-school supplies, or when we already have plans to go out to eat as a family, such as with a bigger group and we can't back out. With a home to manage and three kids to raise, it feels like something to spend money on is always coming up. Sometimes I feel frustrated because our miscellaneous budget will run over despite the long list of things I'm not buying. Currently, this includes new running socks since mine are getting holes, a rug for the front room, and finally framing a piece of art that I bought several years ago. And it goes on. Which perhaps lead to the challenge of wanting a lot of things. It must be true that the less you want, the less you'll spend. Despite valuing minimalism and not feeling like an overly materialistic person, I find myself with a perpetual list of things I'd love to spend money on. And not just for the sake of spending, but to make a space in our home more functional or cozy or to add thoughtfully to my capsule wardrobe. Things like that. All of it feels very intentional and thoughtful to me. Chris doesn't seem to keep as long of a mental wish list, but when he does want something, it tends to be slightly more expensive, like concert tickets, a new instrument, or a new woodworking tool. This is an area I've spent a fair amount of time reflecting on and talking to Chris about. I think some people are naturally more inclined to want things, and certainly we get messages of consumerism from childhood. I don't feel guilty about wanting to buy things, but I also want to have peace about what we do have and waiting to buy things. And mostly I do, but it's something to interrogate from time to time. And when I do, I often come away feeling even more content and with a quieter urge to check something off of my to-buy list. I am going to wrap up this deep dive here. I hope that this breakdown was helpful, and I would love to hear any successful strategies or struggles that you have with this category of spending. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. If you enjoyed this episode, you might like my other writing on our personal finances, and I will link to those in the post at risingshining.com. I love to connect with readers and listeners. Leave me a comment on this blog post or find me on Instagram. I'm Kels Wharton. And until next time, I'm wishing you everyday joys and small wins.